Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Beverina. I run Dimer2K.com and write about the NBA 2K League. I am Josiah Cohen, Kawhi Leonard's number one fan, and I write about the NBA 2K League for Dimer2K.com. And I'm Len, and, and I do pretty much the same thing. I, I don't want to sound too repetitive, but yeah, I also write and talk about the NBA 2K League with Dimer2K.com. We should probably come up with a new intro for next week. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like getting extremely repetitive. Yeah. It's just going to be Kawhi's laugh. Kawhi's laugh. Uh, no. <laughs> no. 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 No Toronto Raptors on this podcast. We are back for episode 20. You can check out all of our previous episodes on our YouTube channel. Just search the Seventh Man Podcast. And we have uh, a lot of our episodes up on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify as well. So last week, we previewed the turn, so today, naturally, we should talk about the turn, and uh, also some of the trades that have been going down. There's been a lot happening after this tournament, um, plenty to talk about in both of those regards. Let's start with the turn, though. Warriors Gaming wins it all, their first ever tournament win. They beat 76ers GC in the finals. They went into this thing a seventh seed. Uh, how do we feel about the Warriors winning it all? Was it expected? Was it surprising? Was it somewhere in between? What do you think, Josiah? I think there are very few cases where you can say that something is expected. The Warriors became just the fifth NBA 2K League team to ever make it to a finals. Um, so that in and of itself uh, changes the norm a bit. But, but history still has a little clout, as demonstrated with the Celtics and the 76ers. Uh, it's a great win for the Warriors. I, I don't think it's too surprising considering the the talent that they have on their team. You know, great players, one through six. So surprising, not really, but uh, definitely a nice change of pace from from the usual tournament winners. Yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, if you guys recall last week, but Will was ready to chop my head off after I uh, picked the Warriors to be my surprise they're, team. So they're not uh, a surprise team. <laughs> I, so I won't go to that extent to say it was a surprise. I would say uh, I was impressed. I was impressed to see how well they they looked. And, uh, uh, you know, there's been speculation that, that they would be, you know, a top team this season with how they drafted and everything. And to finally see it come full circle and, and see them finally get some sort of accolade, uh, I was impressed. The Warriors are in seventh place in the standings right now. No team in the top third of the league can be considered a sleeper. I know every player in this league swears up and down that they're slept on and their team is underrated. The Warriors are not a sleeper team. But um, I don't think... I'm not sure. I think like Josiah said, nothing can be really expected in this league. Um, You could maybe think of a handful of people that would have said the Warriors came in and win this, but there were certainly hotter teams that came in, especially you think like Blazer 5 was on a six-game winning streak and looked like they had two of the best players in the world on their team in Mama and Walnut. You had the Pacers, who were undefeated 4-0, best defense in the league. Mavs Gaming 7-0, trying to prove that they're one of the elite teams in the league. And, uh, well, (laughs) Blazer 5 and... Pacers go down in the first round, and then Mavs Gaming beats Knicks Gaming before swiftly losing in the quarterfinals. So not quite expected. I wouldn't say sleeper, though. I'd say definitely somewhere in between there, where if you told me before this tournament that like the Warriors were going to win it all, I'd have been like, okay, like that makes sense. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think, as you say, it's hard to describe a team ranked 7th overall as a, as a sleeper team, considering the depth of the league. Um, but, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. I, I think I'm with Will that not too shocking. If, if I'd known in advance that the Warriors were going to win well, I'd have looked a lot better on my predictions. But, uh, yeah. I, I think for me, like if I could explain it a little bit more, you know, my reasoning behind it was due to the fact looking at, you know, everyone giving their predictions on Twitter at the time and stuff, everyone picking Blazer 5, the Warriors just weren't getting much pub out of, uh, you know, out of anybody uh, prior to the tournament. So 
I, you know, without looking at the standings, they were just one of the teams that I just thought of where, hey, not many people are talking about this team, and I I expect them to do well here. So, um, but yeah, no, I, you know, it's not like I, I think anyone outside the top 10 is a sleeper. I, I just uh, didn't see many people uh, selecting this team to do well. Uh, granted, uh, you know, it, it was the right or not the right choice in hindsight, but like it, it made sense why everyone was selecting Blazer Five to win the tournament. They they definitely looked like the best team coming into the tournament. So that yeah, just wanted to explain that a little bit. Okay, that that's a fine explanation. I just I don't I don't know I don't know that's sleep. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's um the the definition of sleeper itself is is a conversation in itself. What I will say is that the Warriors beat a lot of really good teams to do all this. They beat Heat Check Gaming. Then they go, they beat the Mavs, beat the Jazz Gaming, who look a lot better these past few weeks. And then they absolutely crushed the 76ers, not even close. Um, so I will say that aspect of it is pretty impressive. Uh, if, if you had laid out that kind of schedule... For any team in this league, if you, if you said for any team, like, that's their path, like, that's a pretty impressive path to winning a tournament like this. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And, you know, none of those teams are, are really sleeper teams either. Um, the, the Jazz, you know, just, just thinking about them, they've, they've really looked very impressive uh, of late, keyed by getting Gliz into the lineup at long last, compete playing more aggressively. Uh, but the Warriors, the Warriors did a good job. Uh, the Warriors did a good job against every team. You know, they fought all game against the Mavs, uh, beat the Jazz, and then, as you said, you know, came out early and punched the 76ers in the mouth, which is actually what the 76ers did in winning the tip-off over the Celtics. And the Celtics hadn't really recovered from that uh, until until last week, but, you know, 76ers are, are a very good team. Uh, they'll, they'll bounce back pretty quickly. Uh, it's no easy feat to make two consecutive tournament finals um and they're no doubt looking to be back uh in those again for the ticket yeah no i posted yesterday to twitter after you know they won it all and it it just popped right in my head i'm like this has to be one of the most impressive runs in uh 2k league tournament history i mean the, the four teams they beat are you know probably all consensus top 10 teams in the league uh i mean Looking at the bracket, I guess if Celtics would have, you know, followed up their their victory over Pacers and then beat the Sixers, uh, you know, and maybe made the finals or uh, took a, you know, took a run uh, at least to the Bucks in the semifinals, uh, maybe you could make a case that they had a pretty uh, difficult schedule as well. But I mean, yeah, just seeing how they, you know, the first game against the Heat came down to the wire. That was a great game. Uh, then they went into the game against the Mavericks, uh, and Ma- you know Mavs looked like the better team in the first half, at least in my opinion. So they had Warriors backs against the wall. They made the adjustments necessary and came back and won that game. Uh, they, you know, yeah. But going into the semifinals matchup and in, the, in their finals matchup, uh, they seem to have got a grip a little bit more. I think that they matched up. I don't know if it was necessarily better against those teams, but they just looked like they had already went through the, the rough patches in that tournament for them. I think in these tournaments you're going to have ups and downs, um, and they were able to weather you know the downs and those uh, tough tough spots. And you know at the end of the day, they proved you know they 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 deserve to be in the contender conversation for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about one of the I I, I think this was the most surprising team of the tournament. T-Wolves Gaming, I mean, it's been repeated ad nauseum, the the turmoil surrounding this franchise right now. Um, We don't have to repeat all that. They come in, they win their playing game against Grizz Gaming, which uh, probably expected maybe, and then they go into the first round and they beat Blazer 5 Gaming. And then if, if we're being honest right now, they probably should have made it to the semifinals, blew a huge lead against Jazz Gaming and fell in the quarterfinals, but still looked pretty impressive doing it. Um, uh, We'll get into the trade they just had later, but uh, notwithstanding that trade, um, what do we think this tournament says about T-Wolves Gaming? Yeah, I I think... Is it it surprising? 
or maybe to everyone else it's surprising but i think it's pretty surprising is it I, not I surprising wanna, i just want to gloat a little bit and say that they were my play-in team that i picked to win it all so okay. i just wanted to throw that in there yeah yeah you thought they were gonna be blazer five I said that. I said that in last week's Did you podcast. really? You said you thought they would beat Blazer 5. I said I could see them getting lucky against Blazer 5 and then taking that on and being the team to win it all. And Josiah, you know, jumped down my neck and said um, "Good." They, they're not even going to beat Grizz Gaming, which... <laughs> well, they benefited Come a lot on, from man. the Grizz coming out with a double walk. That, that certainly helped them. But they won that fair and square. <laughs> they won that fair and square. They're... Hey, Hey, they they've got some fight in them. Nacho's 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 probably the best player in the league, MVP. Um, but uh, you know, really MVP, defensive player of the year, all that. So when you have a player like that on your squad, you know, can't can't underestimate that. <laughs> I think uh I think what's um the most impressive about this team uh is you know, I was there on site at the studios, my first time, you know, experiencing it live. And the team that you've, you know, being there in person, the team that you really felt like had a great camaraderie amongst each other was that T-Wolves team. And it's kind of crazy because obviously, you know, they had the trade request. They lost their coach recently. Uh, but still, these, you know, these guys, uh, Bear, Nacho, JoJo, Feast, Turnup, they, those five, they just have great chemistry. Uh, so, you know, experience that in person, it, it, it definitely makes sense when you see uh, how well they mesh together once they're actually on the, the virtual court. So, so we mentioned that trade earlier, um, came through over the wire on Sunday. T-Wolves Gaming send Hood, who requested a trade uh, to Heat Check Gaming, for Jay Money, uh, the rookie point guard, who's been struggling a little bit with the Heat, what kind of how does how does Jay Money fit in to a team that um, seemed to have a pretty good thing going even in the post Hood era, and and um, maybe is now going to have to disrupt that kind of chemistry they built. Yeah, I mean, so again, again, being there on site and seeing how the T Wolves. Uh, you know, how they've built an off-the-court relationship amongst each other. Uh, you know, I like Jay Money, you know, going to a team like that where they kind of already established their culture, established who they are, and he could kind of just fit in there. I think, uh, you know, obviously I've been hearing rumblings, obviously, why the Heat decided to move forward with this move. Obviously, they feel like they can, you know, they're sort of getting a chance to buy low on a player like Hood, who was a MVP candidate in Season 1. Uh, one of the premier scores in season one. He hasn't quite lived up to that potential or to that billing uh, this season, but in, in, in his right, Famous is kind of taking a Bill Belichick approach and, and saying, hey, not, you guys might not be able to uh, figure this guy out, but I can. Uh, so it totally makes sense in, in their respect. And, and again, for the Timberwolves, um, Oh, but so as I was saying, uh, I, I they when it came to Jay Money, the the Heat, they didn't like that he wasn't a, as vocal as they'd like him to be on the off or as as their point guard and their leader on the floor, I th and they think they're going to get that out of Hood. But I think even if that is an issue with Jay Money, he's going to the perfect team where, you know, he he can fit in just well, not need not needing to be that leader. We've seen, you know, Bear has proven. Uh, week in and week out uh, this season that he he's you know he loves taking on that role of being you know in front of the camera being that voice on the court being that voice off the court uh, so I mean on both sides this this makes sense uh, I think that the Heat uh, wanted to um, you know potentially find someone who could be more of a leader uh, potentially become one of the premier scorers in this league uh, this season, and then again with the, the Wolves, they they had to find somebody, uh, and to think uh, this potentially was their uh, best offer back. Uh, I like it for them. I, I, you know, Jay Money, he he's known as like a versatile player. Last year, you know, he was a center. He played big last year. This year, he transitioned to point guard, and he's always kind of been seen as a premier versatile player in this league. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are speculating he might play on the sh uh, sharp position. I know that the Wolves, they're, um, you know, 
they're congregating amongst each other as far as like should he play point guard should he play sharp I think that they're kind of throwing everything at the board right now uh, and and just kind of kind of seeing what sticks so uh, but yeah I mean I, overall I think uh, both teams should feel optimistic and and what they got in return for this uh, for this deal Josiah, what do you think about Jay Money on the T-Wolves? Yeah, in terms of the T-Wolves, just building on what Len said, I think one of the subtler advantages um, that they possess and that they can offer him is is somewhat tempered expectations. Right? Whereas whereas with the Heat, the Heat are looking to win a championship, and that's made even more clear by the move for Hood, uh, but really by their overall mentality and their persona. They're looking to win a championship. And the T-Wolves are, are certainly, you know, looking to win a championship as well, but you know their expectations are much more tempered due to the tumultuous season that they've had so far. And so with Jay Money, you know, you go from stepping in as a rookie um, to a team with championship aspirations to, you know, maybe not being the, the lead ball handler, maybe not being the lead decision maker on a team that really is still figuring itself out and, and it's its place in the league's hierarchy. Um, so I think that should contribute well to his overall adjustment to the team uh, and to whatever his game turns out to be there but uh, it's certainly it's certainly a contender type mood for the heat you know famous is trusting a lot in guys like majestic and hotshot drop off to to set the culture Uh, and if if len is making the comparison to bill belichick then uh, i will further emphasize that belichick is, is not afraid to cut players uh, if they're if they're not showing up, you know, you look back at a guy, I don't know who turned out to who who was once upon a time a huge contract uh, for the Washington Redskins, uh, who Belichick picked up later, Albert Hainsworth. Belichick hesitated Ugh. maybe a game uh, to get rid of him. Maybe it was during during training camp. So I'm not saying Hood is you know on notice right away, but I think you know famous and the team has the expectation that Hood produces right off the bat. Uh, and that's something that they're not going to request, but something they're going to stringently demand. Well, what, what do we think about, I, I'm assuming Hood's going to be playing point guard. That's kind of, I don't think you move Majestic back yep. um, to the point guard position. So you're, you're going to put Hood on the point guard. What do we think about his fit at that position on the league build? Because he played some point guard last year. Um, I can't quite remember exactly how that went. I want to say mixed results. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but he was definitely more comfortable at the small forward position and probably even better at the power forward position than he was at point guard, I think. Um, so what do we think about that fit? Well, I, I like it, honestly. I, I think I'd probably like it more this year. He, he was good last year. You know, that's that's the position he went into. Uh, you know, he, he was on when, when they went into the playoffs um, back when he was on the Cavs. I like it because I think Hotshot is good enough at, at creating for himself uh, on, on offense. And I think Dropoff is a very savvy player who, who's going to scheme some ways to get open and get some good shots. And, and Hood is a, is a straight-up scorer. He's um, not going to be facilitating. He's uh, not going to put up the assist numbers that, uh, you might expect out of a top tier point guard, uh, but they're they're relying on him to score. They believe that they can sort of counter things uh, defensively, right? If if Hood's going to be a minus defensively at point guard, and and most point guards are minus defensively uh, with this league build, then the Heat are relying on their guy on their two to five players to make up for that. And so if that just enables Hood to go out there and score, that's what's going to be what best helps the Heat. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I, it's hard for me to say I like something when he hasn't shown me anything that I that I would like. Um, uh, you know, going back in, in history of Hood, he's kind of been known more, you know, he's a great scorer, but he's been known more of a player to find exploits in the game. You know, he was one of the first players to find the 6'10 point forward before the league last year in Pro-Am. Then he goes into the league and he was one of the first players to uh, – find that slashing build uh, and that's where he scored a lot of his points in that that first tip-off tournament last year uh, and he you know he, he kind of filters out when when he has to get back on a on a build that uh, requires uh, more than just rim running or uh, you know exploited animations uh, it's not to say I don't think he can do it he's just never he's just I've never seen it out of him that he can do it so uh, but again I understand 
famous taking this risk uh, and and believing in Hood's abilities. He's he's been watching uh, Hood play for a very long time. He's seen how good he can be at this game. Uh, I'm just looking a little bit deeper as far as uh, it being on the league build and how hard it how much harder it is to score as we see for players even like Tina who showed they could score in the pro am game mode who still have yet to show they could score in the uh, on the league build. Um, so yeah, he hasn't really. Uh, shown anything, I, anything that would make me um, make me like it in a sense of him being on point guard. Uh, would I be shocked if he figures it out? No, he's been playing this game at a high level for a very long time. Uh, but it, if he's not able to find an exploit, I'm, I'm not too sure how he'd be able to uh, to figure it out. Yeah, I I think I lean a little closer to Len on this one, where um, I'll believe it when I see it kind of deal um again this is a, a very talented guy um got picked in first round pick last year gets traded for an expansion round pick this year gets traded again um thankfully he's closer to home which i think is a big deal for him which might make him a little more comfortable with his new team um maybe the uh you know being so far away um, wasn't a big help when he was with the Cavs and the the T-Wolves and the cold weather and all that. Maybe he just didn't like it. I don't know. Um, but I think being closer to home is going to be a big benefit for him. I think the culture and, and having Famous around is going to be a big help and is a big reason that if this does pull off, pay off, and I, I think it is a risk, but if it does pay off, then, you know, those, those will be some of the reasons that it does. And, um, it's uh, you have to play at a high level uh, when you're on heat check gaming. You have to play at a high level, um, and you have to commit on defense. And uh, you you kind Josiah, you mentioned you know he's he's more of a scorer than a facilitator, but you know that's kind of what this team needs. I think is is a guy who's going to go out and and get some scoring from the backcourt because um, it just wasn't quite happening with Jay Money. It hasn't been quite happening with Majestic so far. So maybe this is exactly the kind of guy they need. And I think it's it's a great risk to take, honestly. I would I would probably take it if I was the Heat, you know, thinking about it. It just um you gotta make some championship moves sometimes and this is a, a very high ceiling championship move. And I talked about that when they got, you know, Jay Money in the third round. I was like, that's a high ceiling move. You know, like you you don't get that kind of ceiling with a third round draft pick. Well, here's another high ceiling move where if it pays off, it's going to pay off really big. And if it doesn't, then you're kind of just back where you started, which isn't the worst place to be anyway. So, um We'll have to see. There, there's there's going to be a lot of questions, um, maybe some sort of settling in period. Yeah, and uh, if, if I could jump in, actually, because uh, you, you made me think of something. I, I want to juxtapose this trade with the only other serious, you know, content, the move that really makes, makes you think contender move, right? And, and obviously every trade so far has been targeted at making every team better and and you know competing for championship um but the sort of the sort of move like simple numbers game high ceiling kind of move when you already have an established core is what i'm thinking about and to me that means you have to juxtapose this trade in conjunction with the peroxide trade right and so if you look at the base numbers on that that was blazer five sending the number 17 overall pick to the bucks for peroxide and if you look at this from a pure numbers game, this is the Heat sending the player who was the 51st overall pick to uh, to acquire Hood. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's three times, yeah, 17 times three. Uh, I think it was 51st pick. It might have been 52nd for the Heat. Um, but from a pure, you know, contender's perspective, that is the sort of draft capital you like parlaying into a guy who last year was the second highest scorer in the entire league. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you make a really good point there about that. Go ahead, Len. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I agree with that. The only difference being, um, you're basically trading, uh, you know, your, your number one option in a sense, offensively hoping that hood can, can, um, 
Kill I wouldn't say I wouldn't say time. number one option. Hotshot's definitely the number one option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hotshot is, but I'm saying like Jay Money had 23 points against the Warriors their last game. I, I mean, mean best game of the season. The move was already speculative. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like, if you know, in a sense, though, I'm saying with peroxide, you, with the the Trailblazers already had Mama. They already had Walnut. So they, you know, they already knew what they were getting. Uh, what they were hoping they would get out of peroxide is kind of you know. Uh, finding a little bit more offensive production since they did lose shots. Uh, with this, though, you're losing your, you know, uh, and maybe he's not the number one option, but he was, the, you know, the main ball handler on your offense, and you're replacing him with someone that you hope can, you know, do better than than he did. So I think that's just the only difference, but I do agree. Like, uh, Blazers could have taken Breadwinner with that pick. <laughs> huh? Blazers huh? could have taken Breadwinner with that pick. That would have been I, pretty good. I, I yeah, I would have liked it. I would have liked that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that just strengthens the argument for the Heat because yeah, yeah. you're talking about trading a seventeenth overall pick for a complimentary piece versus basically, you know, selecting Hood with the fifty second or fifty first overall pick, um, and a and a guy you're counting on to kind of come in big for you. So I mean, I think that kind of strengthens the argument for the Heat and why they should have made this move. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. I think I think uh, it makes plenty of sense for why this move happened um, on both sides. Uh, yeah, I just I, I have my reservations. I haven't I haven't been, uh, you know, blown away by what I but by, by what I have seen from Hood this year. Granted, he's going to be on a different position and a different scenario with this team. I just have my reservations. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's a big question. Um, let's move on to the second trade that went down this is also a very interesting one all three of them were very interesting to be quite honest with you but the second one mr styles being traded to hawks talent gc for dev goss josiah what do you think about this trade i mean right off the surface you have to look at it as a as an overall win for the hawks you know not because dev is necessarily such a bad player but because you know, you get the chance to move Rando back to you know a position he might be more comfortable with. Yes, um, which is love which this is for the Hawks because you know Rando. I look at you know Rando's done very very well um, in, in his spot starts at point guard. Uh, but if if you get the chance right here to diversify your offense, you get the chance to throw you know your very unique offense featuring shots at teams, and then you get the chance uh, to deploy Rando in a more traditional role. Then you add in a point guard who is a good facilitator to those sort of th- to those sort of offenses. I mean, that's that's a really very very interesting three pronged sort of attack that not a lot of other teams are offering. Um, you know, this way you don't you don't lose anything at the three, um, and you might even gain you certainly gain some facilitation and some point guard experience at the one. You lose some scoring at the one, but uh, I think the the net benefits uh, outweigh the losses for for the Hawks here uh for the Pistons um Pistons have been having you know Pistons have struggled on the court this year um you know I I hope this solidifies Jacko at the three I'm not sure that it does um but look if you're the Pistons you're banking on Dev to uh come out there and be a star alongside his his former program teammate and if you get that then you win this trade if you don't get that then you gotta ask some questions uh, I'm extremely high on this move for the Hawks. I think uh, if they were to had make any move, I think this was the move that they needed to make. Um, you know, I was very critical of the Hawks draft um, coming into the season. I felt like they drafted, you know, two sharpshooters right off the bat, uh, and th- they always needed like a main ball handler. Luckily, uh, Randall was able to kind of be a stopgap there, but if you're trying to contend for a championship in this league, uh, as talented as Randall is, I don't think he could be a, a championship point guard. Uh, however, uh, I do think he could produce at the sharpshooter position uh, with the likes of Profusion, uh, those type of players. I, I think we just haven't had the opportunity to see that quite yet, and I love this move for, you know, for quite a few reasons but probably the main reason is because we get to see rando step into his comfort zone and really show the league uh you know what he qualified as um not just that i think uh if you were to get a point guard to compliment rando 
why not get a point guard that he was playing with pre-draft uh, who seems to complement Randall's skill set, uh, who will also complement Shot's skill set, um, and Styles. Styles, uh, you know, rightfully so, being the number four pick, was kind of uh, at the head of some uh, criticism uh, due to, you know, he's not able to, he wasn't able to provide much offense uh, for that Pistons team. Uh, but if you know Styles, Styles is a point guard who he's kind of like a true point guard in a sense. Like he's one of those point guards, kind of like a Rajon Rondo type point guard where, uh, you know, he needs people around him who can produce as well. And he could get people in the right spots. He could hit the shots when, you know, when it's needed. But if he's, if he needs to be that first option, if he needs to be that player who's, who's creating like a, you know, like a Steph Curry or something, it's just not going to happen. Uh, so I think him being able to go in this type of, um, uh, scenario now is, is going to be uh, super beneficial for him. Um, it'll be interesting to see what this does for their lineup. Yeah, as we all know, the Hawks are uh, are the team that run that crazy meta of the post score. Um, it will be interesting to see if they if they still roll that out now, having Styles as the main ball. I, I have a hard time seeing them not rolling it out. I, yeah, I think but... I think you just slot Styles into point guard there and put Rando at the three, and I, I think no need. I don't think to change anything else up. Yeah, I oh and I uh, yeah. See, I I I I pretty much agree with that. I just think, um, yeah, I think I think this move just gives them a little bit more more versatility as well. If they do roll that out, and it doesn't necessarily go how it was going with Dev, who was more of like a spot up shooter type, uh, uh, as opposed to Styles, who's more of a facilitator. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Styles is the type of point guard who. He, you know, he. I don't want to say he's a Swiss Army knife, but he is a very high IQ player who who will be, uh, you know, make very smart decisions at the head of the offense. Uh, so yeah, he. I, I'm sure he could get in there and really um, work well with that post score as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I mean, needless to say, I think Hawks got better with this move. I'm I'm really anxious to see how they look the rest of the season. I'm I'm uh, much higher on them. I was very critical of them early on. Um, speaking of critical. <laughs> the Pistons really didn't change much for me. Uh, yeah. So, I, like, what what's what do we think the lineup is going to be with the Pistons? Well, so I know, um, you know, I was hearing stuff as I was on site at the studio uh, that the lineup that they ran at the turn, where they had Jacko on lockdown, they had Insanity on the shot sharp, um, they had Styles, who obviously, you know you could potentially see as dev now in that position but basically to me now seeing that this trade went through uh and the hindsight of that move them not practicing that lineup at all and the coach or whoever decided in that front office hey this is the line we want to run even though we haven't practiced it at all kind of just let me know that they kind of figured this move would would work out and they wanted to, or that this move would go through and they wanted to see how jacko would look in that scenario um so you mean on the lock? So so you yeah. think they're they're gonna keep that? Yeah. Keep Jacko on the lock? Yeah. I would yeah, yeah, I would think so if they've never practiced that lineup and that's what they ran out. I don't think it's the best lineup, because I know Josiah is about to jump in here and say, you know, be critical of that lineup, but I don't think it's the best lineup. I'm just saying with how they never practiced that lineup, they rolled that lineup out at the turn, it sucked. Uh and then her, you know, I heard that that morning that Jacko found out that he was going to be on lockdown, that Joseph found out that he wasn't going to play. It just makes me believe that they kind of had an idea that this lineup would, or that this uh, trade potentially could happen, and they wanted to see how players looked on those positions. Uh, I, I think Jacko should settle in at the three. That's where he gave him the boost uh, based on, on watching him in ANZ Pro-Am. You know, he, he's more of a scorer than a defender uh, from the games I saw of him. Uh, I, I think Joseph has to be in the lineup. Um, you know, May obviously at center. You know, maybe, no, no, I, I, there's no maybes for me. The, the lineup, yeah, the lineup I, I, I want to see I have is a real hard... Insanity, Jacko, Joseph, May. Yeah, I have a real hard time believing that they'll stick with that. I, I, I think it was more just like we're, we're in a tournament, like, it's it's not of you know you can win some money but it's not of huge consequence it's it's the turn and so maybe just throw something give splash king some playing time i don't know it's really hard <laughs> you for guys, me to imagine like this is the pistons we're talking about though it's not like you know this is a team who traded 
you know, they've, they've, they've made some really questionable moves, needless to say. Yeah, but I don't know. I would not be shocked. I'm not saying it's the best move. I'm just saying from the history of this organization and what I saw and what I heard at the tournament, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I think that that's what they try. I hope they don't. I think Jacko's their best scorer on that team. I hope they don't. But hoping with this Pistons organization has, you know, let me down a few times. I, I still just have a hard time seeing that. I don't know. I, I just don't see any reason why they would sit Joseph the Truth in, in games that really matter to me. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe Joseph I mean, just doesn't play so well when they've got that big hungry Howie's uh, hat up on the court yeah. and they're getting that back <laughs> into the super hungry back into the league court. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Bring he back the yellow yet. box. The home Bring game. back the four point yellow box, hungry Howie's box. I love that was it. phenomenal. I love it. We're doing it. a story on that. That was amazing. Then they were cowards and changed no, it. No, they would have kept it. Worst worst move of the they would have kept it. Believe you me. Um, so what what do we think that 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 the Pistons are going to do? Are they going to play Dev at point guard because Dev didn't look too hot on point guard when the Hawks tried him there? Uh, give him a shot for me. Um, good, good then. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I think sorry. you have to give him a shot. I mean, Insanity played point guard all this year prior to the league. Um, Different. Uh, maybe they've used him on scrims and he just hasn't looked good. I just don't know why they wouldn't try it quite yet. If you're going to move the number four pick. Uh, yeah, I get I get where Josiah is coming from, where it's like, uh, why would you trade the number four pick for someone you're just going to put in a supportive role? Uh, but also, the person, if they were to do that, that they would replace the number four pick with is someone that they retained from last year. So I don't think that that's uh, too bad of a, of, of a switch off. But yeah, I, I don't know. I could see them doing kind of like a double ball handler thing. I could see them doing where, she, where Dev's point guard. I could see them doing Insanity's point guard. Like I said, I don't really know what this team is hey, doing. Hey, Len. Hey, Len. Uh, How'd they get that number yeah. four pick? Yeah. From another questionable yeah. move. Exactly. So Questionable just, is one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I was saying. This team makes so many, like... Moves we, well, okay, where you're okay. like... Let, hold on. Let, let's look at this from the Pistons' perspective here for a minute. They're one and four. Let's not forget. Mm-hmm. And Styles hasn't exactly lit the world yeah, up with his play. He had a very good week in week two against the Bucks, but that proved to be a complete anomaly so far compared to the rest of the Pistons' season. So... I agree, but you trade maybe, him for a maybe, player that also yeah. is in the same scenario okay. in Atlanta. So, though. like, it, it's I think it's pretty established that the Pistons were very interested in Dev pre-draft. And, you know, why not try to make something shake and, you know, get a guy who, who has a lot of chemistry with um, one of the leaders on your team and, and just try to get something yeah. going. You know, they, they, they need some scoring. Dev can provide Dev some scoring. Score. It, it's, it's a risk, but... What what's man? I'm, I'm but just he's try- the thirteenth overall pick, right? It's it. at the, in the numbers yeah. game, it's four for thirteen, which is not, which is different yeah, from saying game. Styles for dead. Um, no, I'm coming on on your side here. I'm on your side here. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. I agree with that. But we're saying like Dev can score. Like what, I I haven't seen Dev score since I, the, he um, has he has some potential that, to score. The, uh, Alienware uh, outpost at South by Southwest. That's the last time I saw Dev Ooh. score. So yeah. I, I mean, I said he he didn't look hot when the Hawks played him there. But let me just go on a little rant here. Um, go ahead, please. I was right. I was right about what about the fact that it's not going to be that it wasn't going to be so easy to just step in as a rookie point guard. And I'm not saying you guys were wrong. I'm not saying you guys were wrong. I don't remember whether or not what? you agreed with me. I was saying. When did you say this? Yeah, I don't. Hold on. I, when I, did I've you been saying this, this all along. <laughs> I've been saying this all along. I what? was saying. Right, one of these subplots of the season, we're gonna see the difference between veterans and rookies. And I've been talking all year about rookie point guards. And this, Did, have you actually 100%, said this? 100%. Or like sometimes, like you think things, but you don't Oof. actually say them. Oof. And then you say you I say this. them. I I I don't. I can't remember, remember you okay. saying this either. I have to. I have to. Co-sign I said well. this. I Nate, back okay. me up here. I know you're listening. Okay. Um, rookie point guards. <laughs> 
being a rookie point guard not the easiest thing in the world. It makes a difference. And I'm not saying all veteran point guards are good. That's that's certainly not the case. Being a rookie point guard, as I said, is difficult. And this is a case of two teams trying to readjust and get something new out of their now rookie point guards. Okay, yeah, that's fair. No, I mean, I, I think you're completely right. The rookie point guards have, you know, not played, I think, outside BP. Um, really trying to think of the other rookie point guards. Um, Kina. Kina's Kina. been solid in his role he, he, as he's a been facilitator, solid, yeah. but he hasn't lit the world on fire he's, by he's any scoring, stretch. Of the he's averaging single digits. Right. Um, Jay and Money he's just coming got in with traded. Beast Move, who's having an MVP caliber season. Bear's been a bit up and down. Um, yeah. Showed those flashes, but hasn't been quite consistent. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. I don't think hey, you're kind of saying. Yeah, I don't that, think like, by like any we stretch disagree we with you. Disagree with like, that. yeah. Like as I as I said, I'm not saying you guys disagree. Okay. Okay. You you went on your rant. You but what I will say, I just want to hit on one more point. I think, and I think I may have spoke on this a little bit, but I think that um, this is a um, you know coming to terms by both teams realizing maybe they didn't uh, select the proper pieces to complement each other in the draft. You know, maybe style, maybe Pistons overlook Styles playing with uh, players that necessarily can't put the ball in the bucket the best. Uh, and maybe that the Hawks thought uh, overlooked how hard it was to play point guard this year, so they felt they could have just played Dev there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think both. I think this move makes sense uh, that they both needed to make a change. Uh, I just like the Hawks side uh, significantly more. Yeah, I'd say I'd say right now I like the Hawks more, but we'll see. Um, we still have one more trade to talk about. Sick, going from Cavs Legion GC to Toronto in exchange for all hail Trey. This is a very surprising move to me, I think. Um, what do you think about this, Josiah? As the, as the resident Raptors Uprising expert, Josiah, what do you think about this one? I think you got to look at it in, in terms of the bigger picture. Obviously, the Raptors love Trey um, as a person, as a player, and, and they're sad to see him go. But, you know, with the fact that, uh, that it, excuse me, Doza solidified himself, it seems, at point guard, You've got a number one picket point guard. Uh, Trey wasn't going to play the lock. You get Kenny back to the three, which is his, his better position. He's more comfortable there. He's had more success there uh, in the league. And then, you know, King Kingway probably is. Kingway is great interior center, great rebounder. Um, but he struggles a bit on the perimeter. And then you get Sick, who's a very versatile big man um, who can come in and play the four. It's an upgrade defensively um, at the four. You know, from a from a playmaking uh, and a defensive standpoint, All right, And you get you get your scores still at the one and the three. Um, so the Raptors just sort of had, you know, you know the Raptors had a wealth of riches almost, um, and, and that's that seems strange to say when you know when you look at their record, but they're two in and terms, three. Yeah, in terms of their record, um, you know, it, it's strange to say, but you know they've got they've got a lot of pieces. Um, and there are only so many starting spots. Um, and so you get second, who's a great defender, very versatile player. Um, and, you know, it's a very, very impressive roster head to toe. And then from the Cavs side, you know, you needed, you desperately needed that secondary score, you know, moving straighter to the one uh, with or without like a suspended. You, you trust in Larry to uh, perform at center, which I think he will. Uh, and then you get All Hell Trey, who again, really, really great score, very, very underrated player, um, and he'll he'll make an immediate impact for them at the three. Uh, yeah, for me, I think uh, I, I think it makes makes sense. Uh, I, th- I I'm not sure if the Cavs how they went about this. If they, you know, obviously we all know they need a point guard. This even before. Uh, the announcement of the suspension to like a pro, I think we all knew that the Cavs were still potentially trying to find a point guard. He, he wasn't playing the best. Um, and so I'm not sure if they, you know, reached out to teams and were trying to see if they could get any type of elite point guard for sick as he's an elite center and just weren't able to do so. And Trey ended up being, you know, the best secondary ball handler that they found uh, that they could, you know, actually um, 
get. So, uh, but yeah, I think it makes sense. Uh, they're believing in Strainer to, to move to that point guard position. They, uh, you know, they believe in Trey's abilities. Trey has shown he can, you know, really put the ball in the bucket this year. Uh, I think Trey will um, benefit from playing next to a player like Strainer who can also score. I think in Toronto, uh, playing next to Doza. Doza can't necessarily score uh, the best, but you know, he can facilitate kind of well. So it'll be interesting. I think that'll be a, a great tandem. And then, uh, uh, for Toronto, I think getting sick, you know, I liked King Quay early on. It seems like, uh, he's kind of, you know, uh, not necessarily fell out or fell off, but, uh, I just think if you could get a, pl a game changing player like sick at the center position, uh, why not do it? So yeah, that's kind of where I stand on that. Yeah, the, the fit um, with the Cavs makes a lot of sense to me, getting all hail Trey. They they have some very versatile players that you can move around. I think both both teams added some very valuable players. Remember, all hail Trey was uh, protected by Raptors Uprising. They really they really believed in this guy. They really liked this guy. And um, But, you know, uh, we've mentioned Sick is a, a very good player. He's, he's kind of one of those game changers at what he does. So it's not too surprising then to see that they went out and made this move. For the Raptors, um, I have more questions about how exactly they're going to make everything fit together. Um, they've been moving the lineup around a lot as it is this season so far. So uh, adding in a guy like Sick kind of does raise some questions about where you're going to move everyone. Um, he's most effective at center, but you have a guy like King Quay, are you going to keep Quay there? Um, are you going to move, move six position? But uh, I'm assuming if, if you make this trade, if you're the Raptors, that you had a plan going in. So very interested to see what they actually do uh, with him. The, so. the Cavs, the Cavs um, have now traded both players that they protected at the end of last season. Yeah, that's true. That's... Very interesting point. I feel like I haven't seen anyone bring that up, but I mean... Also for players who were picked at the last and beginning of the first and second round, four players who... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where, where Larry and Trey were picked, but I know that they weren't picked um, in the first Larry. round. Or yeah, Larry was a second, Trey was a fourth. Yeah. yeah, so interesting. Yeah, well... A lot of good picks in that fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good, lot, plenty of good, lot of picks, good picks in all that around. draft. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of real gems, a lot of real yeah. sleepers. Um, so I think that's uh, everything we wanted to talk about today. We're at about, I don't know, a little over 45 minutes. So uh, we'll wrap this up. Um, I, I mean, anything else we, we need to talk about? I'm, I'm all talked out. Uh, yeah. Just one more thing. I know we didn't talk about them at all, but I picked Sixers to go and win the tournament. Uh, they they came up short. He just, but I just, just want to keep telling say us that, about that the teams he picked. I, I was just that right. I was just well, very right high on the game of well, playing breadwinner on the rim sharp. It's really proven vital, and that's why they lost to the Warriors. They weren't able to have them on the guy. rim sharp, but. I'm a believer. Sixers, I knew they would turn around, and I told you Radiant would be good on the playmaking shot creator. Wow. That's all I had to say. <laughs> that, that, very... that was an impressive rant. That started out Oof. with, I just want to say that I think 70, <laughs> and then finished out with, I'm a believer. I like it. Very, Len going out on a limb here, saying he You guys started to rattle me when you guys Sixers were talking gaming. over me, so I just had to focus in and make sure I said <laughs> what I needed to say. Len with the identity and the integrity. <laughs> who said that someone said that to me the other day i was very impressed who it someone it was at the studios someone someone mentioned identity it may have been tommy from the warriors hey i don't the, remember the people uh, listen the people listen the people are clamoring for josiah cohen's wisdom it may have been i don't remember if 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 it was you and you were the one to say it hit me up so i properly <laughs> credit it to you you haven't said that enough this season. I'm going to say it a lot right now. Um, I like teams who have identity and integrity. Who are some teams uh, that have identity and integrity this season? I think the Pacers have the Pacers. identity and integrity. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the 76ers have had a, some some spells of not having sufficient integrity, but they have a lot of identity. Yeah. Um, you know you know who has an identity? Who? Blazer 5 Gaming. <laughs> 
has they do. an identity. You know, you want to hear a team who does not have identity and integrity? Wizards District Gaming? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who else yeah. did you have in mind? I, I mean, there's a lot of say, teams. I was going to say uh, Lakers Gaming and Grizz Gaming. Yeah, you could say those as well. I'm going to say those teams as well. Uh, a disappointing lack of identity. Celtics? Do they? Integrity. What about them? Where do the they Celtics, fall? The Celtics have identity. They do not have integrity. Okay. I yeah. think the Celtics. Yeah, but I think the Celtics try too hard to act like they don't have an identity. Like at this tournament, like they 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 keep you know overthinking adjustments that necessarily don't need to be made. But yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. Just just roll with Fab. Fab's a monster. <laughs> yeah, he he was my MVP pick, and then. It was nice to see Fu- Profusion back on Sharp, I'll say that. Yes, it was. Yeah, he. that's... Don't move him from there. That's, Do not put him on a That's center. where he belongs. That's where he belongs. Um, I think that's it for today, then. Uh, Josiah, where can the people find you and all of your wonderful content? People can find me at Josiah Cohen 13 That is a 1-3 on Twitter. Uh, follow our YouTube channel. Dimer, is it Dimer or Dimer 2K? It's just Dimer. Follow Dimer on YouTube. Um, and you can find my writing as per the usual on Dimer2K.com. Len, where can the people find you and all of your content? So you could find me on Twitter at Len underscore 2K. You know, I like to put my thoughts and opinions out. Um, uh, if I, you know, if I'm not feeling like writing an article on Dimer2K.com, I'll just put a couple blurbs on Twitter so you can uh, follow me on there. I, I'll put some interesting uh, stats and stuff on there. But uh, yeah, but you can also find my articles on Dimer2K.com. Uh, as Josiah said, the Dimer YouTube is active. It's going. We got three videos up right now. We're about to get some more videos up there. Make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, check that out. Um, and yeah. yeah. Speaking of stats, 2KA guys, where are you at? Oh my that, god. Yeah. We need them. We need them desperately. We need them. We need <laughs> my them. life my life is literally worse off because yes. Yes, of it no is. 2KA. It yeah. like it makes everything so much harder. Yeah. I, I cannot trust the league stats ever again. League's been better this year. They're not perfect. I, but last 2K8, season just us oh last season they were so bad. Was a cluster. So awful. bad. 2KA, we miss you. Yeah. yeah, I met Max at the at the turn, so I should I should have pressed him a little bit and said, "Hey, man, get on your guys, dude. We need we need some analytics." Oh, we we've been on them. We've been on them. Trust we've me. Been trying. They're just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yes, go subscribe to the Dimer YouTube. Um, I've been I've been a big fan of the videos. I have nothing to do with the videos. I just throw ideas out there, and then uh, Josiah and Len make them. So I've I've been a I've been a big fan of those uh, end products there. Uh, so go subscribe to that. You can follow me on Twitter at Will Beverina. That's B-E-V-E-R-I-N-A. Follow Dimer at Dimer2K. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're not following Dimer, then what are you doing? Uh, check out our website, Dimer2K.com. So uh, that's going to wrap things up. We will uh, talk to you guys next week, hopefully, and uh, see you then.